Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. And today we are going to talk about many things, but one game in particular has been on our minds and in our conversations more than any other game lately. So I feel like we should just jump right into that. And that is the game Dwellings of Eldervale. Yes. Um, this is a big Kickstarter game, had a lot of fanfare, a lot of hype, and uh, and uh, we're going to talk about how it that deserved, what our thoughts are about it. Uh, it's one to five player in a very big fantasy realm. It's got a lot of stuff going on. It's a big playtime as well, I'd say. that It's listed at 60 to 150 minutes on BGG. It's not 60. Like, <laughs> I mean, unless... Well, I've only played with full player count, so I shouldn't... I'm not the expert on that. You've played with two, so maybe you're better to weigh yes. on there. Two? Uh, with two, 60 is almost exact. Like, with mm. 59, wow. 58 minutes to an hour and two minutes is, like, roughly where all our games came in. Wow. So it's... Uh, yeah, that it's almost almost an hour on the dot. Yes, incredibly f- accurate. It deserves an award just for that. The first game to ever get right? its minimum player count or time played yeah. accurate. First time, first time we ever played. Um, well, first time we played together. So I played with my son Joey. It was my second time playing, but his first. It was uh, an hour and ten minutes. And so for a okay. very wow. first so play, good. yeah, we nailed it. So. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And uh, yeah, I, I I'm gonna have to do the mental math when we get into it about how long our five player took. But it was a long time. But most of us were learning. <laughs> yes, um, it was a long time. <laughs> uh, the game is rated at 14 plus. I would say that it's the community says 12 plus, and I would agree with more with that. This game, there's a lot in this game, but I would say its mechanisms are very. Uh, clear like it's it's very clear what things do but there's yes. a lot of interconnectivity that you have to keep in mind and that's kind of where the higher age range but i i, I definitely think 12 year olds could easily get into it and probably yeah maybe a, tw- a little younger a 12 year old could understand it and play it um i'm not 100 percent sure how advanced their strategy would be right off the bat um, yeah. but it's certainly comprehensible uh, yes for, for sure for sure yeah it's uh, inherently yeah. at its core. It's it's not a difficult game. It's not a overly complicated game. It's uh, it's fairly simple uh, for what it is. It just has a lot of layers on top of layers. Yes. Yeah. A lot of if this then that relationships and the rules and yeah. a lot of like like you said layers on top of layers that to consider. And um, for my first playthrough, I <laughs> by the end of it, I was even surprised at endgame scoring on a couple things that I hadn't considered that came in my favor and i was like oh really i'm scoring for that well that's great um but anyway yeah let's talk about this game so this was um uh i'd say broadly lauded game it's got an 8.4 consensus on bgg everything that i've heard about it like i've not seen any articles with people like this game sucks i've definitely seen articles like you would with any game where people have like com- nitpicking comments but overall i think it's broadly regarded yeah. as a good game every ever most Review sites that I've seen really, really enjoyed it. The that Dice Tower went insane. Like all of them, it was like their game of the year kind of thing. So, yeah, I watched um, that with Z. Like the only naysayer was Z, but even he at the end and summation was like, "Yeah, it's a good game." But he, <laughs> it was just really funny. But even he gave like, it like an eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Whatever. That was yeah. hilarious because he was kind of naysaying the whole review, and then he's like, "And I'll give it an eight. And I was like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> <laughs> so that's an eight review from Z. That's really funny, but uh, but yeah, that that was uh, a surprise to me because I was sure I was kind of wondering how those guys would like it. 
with uh, half of them kind of like not always liking huge games like this. But but anyway, to your, to the point we were making, pretty widely uh, regarded as, as a solid game. So yes. let's talk a little bit about our, our play experiences because I've only had the one, but I had <laughs> kind of the all-in, full player count, everyone going at, at it at once. And you've had different uh, plays with different scenarios. So um, what is your player experience with the game? Okay, so... Um... We were initially planning on uh, a couple of three-player games, me, my wife, and my son, Joey. And right, uh, like, the night before uh, we were going to have this all-day game-a-thon, my wife decided that she was going to drive to Michigan to visit a friend of hers. So it was just (laughs) me and Joey. So uh, it ended up, all of my play experiences at this point, all of them have been two players. Uh, Now, Joey and I did play all day, just like we were going to, and we ended up playing six games of it in one day. Yes. Oh, Jesus. I didn't realize it was one day. That was one day. Yes. It was actually, it was uh, was five in one day and then one the next morning. So, uh, but it was all one weekend. Sure. And um, we ended up at uh, tied three to three, and we sort of decided to leave it there, um... And not have to play the the tiebreaker that proves dominance, but um, it ended up being three three, and they were very hard fought games. I mean, super close. Some of them were within you know a point. Uh, one of them he beat me by one point. One he beat me by three points. Uh, there was only one really big beat down, and I think it was maybe like fourteen or fifteen points. Um, hmm. Which, when you consider, like, winning is, like, 100-and-something points, then, you know, 15 points isn't really that dramatic a swing. Sure, yeah. Uh, But I have determined this is a phenomenal two-player game. I actually would, right this minute, I'd rather play it two-player than even attempt anything bigger. Uh, And the reason reason for that... uh, may sound weird that I, I don't want to play anything higher having never played anything higher. But the reason for that is I felt like waiting for him to make his move, calculate and make his move, which was fairly quick. Moves are quick in this game. There's not a lot. You, you do like one thing um, on your turn. But uh, it was seemed like just enough time for me to kind of figure out what I was going to do when it came back to me and I feel like any more than probably three players like four or five players feels to me like there'd just be a lot of downtime and you can probably talk to that a little better than I can but it just mm-hmm. really seems like it, it, I would struggle with that kind of downtime what what did you see in you in your five player game um I, I would agree to that and I think so uh, I do have some nitpickings about the game, but I but I believe that most of those are due to playing at five players. Um, I can see how this would shine at lower player counts, and uh, there definitely definitely is a <laughs> lag in um, getting around the table to a degree. It's less than other games that I I would have thought it would feel worse, but honestly, because the game state kind of affects as you're planning for your turn. Excuse me. Um, you are paying attention, but it sh- it does take a long time to get around the table, 
And um, especially if you suddenly have kind of a skunked turn, it can be kind of frustrating. I, in my play experience, did not. I was destroying everybody left and right through the whole game. <laughs> it was glorious. So I was having the time of my life. But I could tell that a couple other players um, were having uh, – I don't know. That, that felt probably more noticeable to them. Um and uh, yeah, so I think for sure that's an element of at play in the five player game. Abs- absolutely, uh, but and even you, that it's went faster than I thought it would. Yeah, and and I, I feel like you can you can have like you said uh, you can have turns that are just like well I can't really do anything here. I'm just gonna put a guy here and collect a tile, and you just right. sort of feel like you sort of wasted a turn because you didn't get anything that really do you a whole lot of good um yeah. but but in a two-player game you do that the other guy goes and then it's literally like your turn right away again and i felt like the pace of play in in two players was like right up my alley i mean it yeah. was uh and it was it was nice and challenging too because uh when you toss in uh, the monsters and everything, it just adds an element of feeling like there's a third player without having to wait for them to take a turn. Sure, um, yeah. And and I just really, I, I liked the fairly, what I thought were fairly unique challenges in it. Now, one complaint I, well, it's not a complaint. Um, this is not a strategic game. This is mm-hmm. uh, This is a very tactical game. You can't go into this game saying, okay, here's my strategy. I'm going to follow it from beginning to end. Because literally everything you do is responding to what your opponent's doing, and everything your opponent's doing is responding to what you do. It's very interactive that way without being take that-ish at all, really. Sure. Um, but it's, uh, it's definitely, you can't hold on to... A strategy and say this is what I'm going to do for more than say two turns because invariably what you have lined up to do your next five moves the other guy's going to do something and I, spe- I imagine especially in in a five-player game you yeah. can't even think <laughs> about the the board state until it's like the guy in front of you's turn because yeah. I I can't even imagine <laughs> saying no. I'm going to do this this and this and then by the time you get to it that card's gone that space is gone the, <laughs> yeah there's a dwelling there there's a monster on where you know and you're just like okay uh, that's nothing like what I thought I was going to walk into right after I finish my turn uh, it's a little better yeah, with sure. with two players you can follow a little more strategy but it's uh, it's a very tactical game so if you're you're going into it looking for you know. If you're going into it with the mindset of, you know, this is going to be a master game of chess between me and my opponent, it's not. Um, right. It's it's very tactical. So you're going to be very reactionary, and you're just going to play the board state based on what it is when it gets to your turn. Which um, is so one of the pluses of the game, too, in, mm-hmm. a, in a lot of ways, is that it feels like you are constantly having to kind of think on your feet and re-strategize um, you know, the way I think the best thing to do in this game is to just pick some really long term goals to move towards and then, you know, respond to the game state as it comes around. But um, 
Yeah, because I, I, I did like that about it. I thought that was a really cool aspect of it. That's how I play every game, <laughs> even chess. I'm just surprised by my turn. Uh, oh! But, uh, <laughs> oh, jeez! I should have been thinking about this there the whole time. There it is! <laughs> um, but it does, in a five-player game, extend even that little bit of a time per turn because you const- that you really cannot plan uh, that far ahead in, in the game. Um and specifically, but I did like that. I thought that was a cool part of it, and the fact that it did feel like you've got some options on what to do, or a broad strategy you're trying to move towards, but you really won't know what's available to you until it, it is probably the turn before, and you kind of have a sense of like, okay, he's going to do a few, one of two things or one of three things, so I've got a sense of where I can go. But yeah, so many times that I have the feeling of, okay, I just need to go to that dungeon and grab that one card. Okay, no, it's immediately gone. All right, what's the next one? All right, okay, I'm going to get that one. Okay, that one's gone too. I'm going to do something totally different and uh, just, I don't know, take my monster and go kill people, <laughs> which is mostly what I ended up doing. Right. But, um, yeah, the, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the difference in player counts because I think that's a really good point. And I actually did some math on this because uh, five players really – when you were talking about like um, how f- like two just feels like you've got this – it's back and forth and you've got this world to explore and you can really kind of explore these tiles and get your own um, – I don't know, corner of the board sort of started and, and encroach on theirs bit by bit. Five is much more of a battle forward game. Because one of the comments I've heard about this game is that that people say is like, oh, you can battle, but you don't have to. You've got other things you can do. And that is very true. But the board with the five, the board state of five is extremely claustrophobic. And I think mostly, like, to me, I feel like they should have done not a fifth player expansion, but more kind of like that idea where they increased the board's setup. For five players specifically because the amount of tiles that you set out for four and five are the same and that oh. is yeah it's drastically oh, different so that. so i looked at the rule book and i'm just curious how this worked so at two players you set up 10 tiles for eldervale so you've got right, five, five tiles five. yeah five tiles per player that you could conceivably explore before you have to butt into another player at three it's 12 tiles so that's four tiles per player at four it's in five it's 14 so that's three and a half for four, so three. But for five, it's 2.8, so two. You've got just two tiles oh. before you can conceivably bump up into anyone else. And so inevitably, you're fighting early and often. <laughs> and so it just feels like they should have added more tiles to the game for a built-in fifth-player expansion to allow some more space. Because it it seems to based on a conversation with you and other people about lower player counts, really change what this game is. It, and, and it becomes a very battle-forward game. And that's a little too bad. I mean, it can be really fun, but it also, this game has more to offer than just fighting. In a lot of ways, it stresses not fighting. And so it yeah, kind of feels like so. it's forcing you in the other direction. And um, so just kind of an explanation of how that works. Like for our playthrough, we had five players, four of us were learning and Jeff taught the game. And we've talked before how Jeff is really good at games. And so we all anticipated Jeff is going to sweep this. It's his game. He knows how to play it. Uh, but what happened was on the third turn, I, uh, had an opportunity to fight the Balrog. I'm not sure if that's what it's called in the game, but the big fire demon. And right. uh, I had a dominate card in my hand. I I had to do it because I just fought it because I had another goal and I was like ah, I'll fight it with one worker that'll be funny I'll die but my workers because I had the orcs they fought with two dice instead of one 
And uh, I had already built uh, a dwellings really early at center board. So I was adjacent much of the game to my stuff. And so I, I fought this thing with three dice. The ball girl gets five. And I beat it. And then I dominated it on the, like the third or fourth turn. And so from <laughs> then on, <laughs> I had this giant fire demon that just rocked the board. Like I was just nonstop rolling people. And I was having the blast. Like it was a lot of fun. <laughs> but... I really shouldn't have. Um, part of that comes down to the dice rolling. Like, uh, there are other characters who got their stats amped up where they were rolling with all their dice. I have pretty much any time with any character was rolling with almost all my dice um, right away. And so as this game is a battle game, yes, I was doing a lot of other things. But basically when I kind of cornered my strategy in battle and got my strength up very early right away, I was able to sort of have my way with the board for the most part. Um, and that was great. But Jeff, as an example, chose what I would consider a smarter strategy, knowing that there's more to this game than fighting. He was gathering, visiting dungeons and gathering cards for upgrades, and that was tied to his points at the end of the game. And right. it just died for him because I was able to take a lead so early and keep a five to seven point lead the entire game while still gathering endpoint scoring stuff with the simple strategy. And so... It's fun, but it's also not fun if you're <laughs> the one without the ball rock at times and you're trying to do what the game seems to be pushing you to do, which is visit its other realms and use these abilities and, and um, find right. creative ways to get adjacency with your dwellings and prevent people from encroaching on what you, your little corner of the world, if possible. Um, Believe it, it or just not. It kind of was one note, kind of. Believe it or not, um, in the six games we played, we never once dominated a monster. Yeah. Like neither one of us ever did. (laughs) There's just so much more to do. But I knew that, like, I I chose the orc specifically because I was like, all right, this board looks like it's going to get crowded. And I don't really understand the game. (laughs) So I'm going to choose a very simple uh, uh, theme or a very simple character uh, class. And so I chose orcs because all they do is fight and they just are powerful fighters. And I was like, good. That's all I I don't want to think about more than that. And that's what it was. It just became a, a, a. a fighting first game with a lot of other stuff to do, but definitely a fighting first game. So I'm really curious, and and I would love to play this with a three or two player, even with four, honestly. But I I bet this really shines at three and two, as, at its best, like as the game is designed and what they the experience they want you to have. I bet it's closest to the three and two player count. Yeah, uh, I'm my, I'm my excited. I'm excited to play it with three, and Kirsten says she will play it with us um, when she gets back. But the uh, With two, it's so good, Uh, especially if if both of you really know how to play. Um, When one person's really good at it and the other person's brand new, like it, it it could I could almost see it not being fun. Um, Even though there's a lot of luck related to the dice uh, and everything, yeah, especially in a two player game because battle is such a small part of it. getting up on the tracks getting dwellings real quick and getting a whole bunch of those dungeon cards the door cards uh are just i mean it's unstoppable at the end you're just busting out you know 40 and 50 points it's just ridiculous um and and when i won uh the, the three times i won it was always because i maxed out uh three tracks and then was able and then was able to collect um not only get uh, five or six of my dwellings, uh, but also get a bunch of the dungeon cards. And this just 
exponential uh, point scoring there. And yeah. um, the the times that he won, what usually happened was he would get a, so ahead with in-game scoring, like in in in-game, in-game, mm-hmm. um, that uh, I would like overwhelm him with end-game scoring. Right. But it wouldn't it wouldn't be enough to quite catch him because he'd pull enough end game scoring to at least you know get a few points, uh, but I just didn't have enough to cover that that spread. So it's uh, it's also a neat back and forth on do you get the points now uh, or do you focus on collecting all this stuff for end game because uh, both are are seem equally important. Yeah, for sure. I really like that too. That feel of like there's a lot of points to get while the game is being played uh, in game, and and it's really fun to do that. But you could definitely have that sleeper. There is that sleeper, regardless if even <laughs> you're trying um, to do that or not. You're going to get points at the end of the game. Of course, that's you're going to be considering that even if you are focused on in game scoring. Um, I really like that. the The magic tracks are really cool. Uh, I went up and maxed out two, and then I just got to the first or second tiers of a couple other ones as I built dwellings. Because at the at the end, with, with my lead, it just made sense to like try to end the game as fast as possible. And yeah. so that my goal was just I'll build dwellings wherever I'm getting them out. <laughs> I'm just getting getting them out. So and, is that how it ended with the uh, the dwellings, or did you end yeah. it with? Oh, oh okay. I ended it with the dwellings, and I think everyone had like four dwellings left, and I was <laughs> I was just pumping them out in the last few turns. Uh, and then I I didn't time it correctly or no i i timed it as best i could but i didn't uh, think correctly about the timing and how long it would take me to end it and at the end brandon was able to um speaking of end game scoring sneak some more end game scoring options for him and he beat me by seven points which was good for him for coming up he uh he basically got the in game lead on me and as soon as he did that i know it would be close at the end and so i did my best to get end game scoring and he did his best and he just happened to have seven more points um than i did so um, anyway, yeah, that's I was so close. <laughs> well, I was uh, texting you the whole time, like I think I'm about to win. I was so excited. You that were I was too. Just I'm like, destroy her for this first time. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, there's just no way. I mean, I'm like ten points ahead, and I know we're all doing Endgame, but I feel like I've got a better engine going. <laughs> and sneaky Brandon, who's really good at pulling that garbage, <laughs> did and it again. Everything he really is. Uh, everything I've read has said Endgame scoring is. Uh, roughly 60 to 80 percent of the scoring yeah so um you can get in the game you can get uh you know obviously 20 to 40 percent of your scoring but it's uh it's definitely not necessarily indicative of uh who's gonna pull it out yeah uh, no totally I, I totally believe that uh, i can see that for sure it it is i do really i can see why um People love that because I, I I'm hit and miss on end game scoring. I do like it. I'm not against it by any means, but I think some games do it better than others. And some games it's kind of annoying where you feel like you had a victory ripped from you unfairly. This definitely feels fair by by all means. And yeah. I think it's a really satisfying way to do end game because there are times you, you kind of just develop an end game scoring strategy just by doing whatever you're doing in game. Um, you know, with me for the orcs, I happen to just go to red dungeons because they made more sense for my class. Well, that game brings me up on the red magic track and I'm already on there because I'm orcs. So uh, that's building my end game while giving me very heavy benefits in game as well. So it's really cool the way it interplays end game and in game in this in this game. <laughs> game, 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 game. Right. 
Yeah, yeah for sure. I, yeah. I I really really enjoyed it with two players. Uh, I I'll play it anytime, anywhere. Uh, I'll play it with three. I will probably never try five players. I might if a bunch of people might want to. I I might do four, but I just I. The fighting is the least interesting aspect of that whole game to me because it's so random and because it's yeah. so just kind of weird sometimes. Um, the cool thing, the, the one thing I, I do like about it, which uh, I like when um, games that have fighting do this, um, losing a battle doesn't destroy you. It right. doesn't, it, it just makes it so you, when you bring your you regroup your guys you don't get to do anything with them and there's even cards that balance that out and there's some uh there's also some um races that that balance that out too so uh there are there are factions that actually kind of do better when they lose battles Mm -hmm. so it's sort of it it all kind of works itself out and and i i just i really like the fact that that even if you are just like okay, it's my one worker against you know this guy's dragon and his wizard and two of his workers. Andy has a a nearby uh, dwelling. I'm about to get totally hosed. It doesn't matter, right. really. Grand scheme, it's not going to put you back a whole bunch. Maybe it you don't gather a resource or two when you bring him back, but uh, that's not game breaking. It's not sure. yeah. just soul crushing like some war games I've seen and some big miniatures games. You know you. You get these guys all together, and you lose that battle, and I mean, you're you're done. Like that's what you've been gearing towards for 20 minutes, and now you're just like, okay, what am I supposed to do now? Right. It's kind of right. back yeah. to square one. Yeah, and and this one, it's just the, like you 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 forget those battles because it just doesn't matter. And, yeah, I, and they I can had, be really I, fun that way too. Yeah. It's sort of and they funny. can be really weird too because like I, yeah. I had. Uh, <laughs> I had that same scenario where Joey had like his his dragon and two workers, and he was rolling six dice, and uh, I had a worker rolled one die, rolled a six, and his <laughs> highest die was like a four, and <laughs> I just like obliterated Australian risk soldier. Yeah, yeah I just <laughs> obliterated everything, and he's like, "What the hell just happened?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, bummer. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's super weird, but." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's some f- sort of unintentional comedy in the battles because of that. It is the um, just the the risk dice system basically of rolling six, uh, up to six dice and then um, highest die uh, wins. If there's a tie, you go to the next dice and down the line until um, someone is not uh, tied with you. Um, so let's talk about that for a minute. I I definitely feel like, especially hearing you talk about your plays, it makes me even more excited to play with the lower player count because. Th- the dice system or the battle system seems to be, and I don't say this in a negative way, the thing they thought least about where, or they, they put the least amount of effort in. Like it's a very straightforward basic system. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it works really well for this game. If they made it more complicated, that would have gotten in the way of other things. But um, definitely at five, it suddenly becomes a focal point and becomes kind of frustrating. Uh, You mentioned before about the characters that have a benefit for losing. Um, one of our character, or one of our players, shows one of the characters, and uh, he just couldn't get a foothold. Like at first, he'd lost, so he got himself all charged up. But then after that, he was rolling six dice all the time, and I think he won like four battles in the entire game, and it was just so infuriating. So, 
kind of to your point about not being interested in playing with five, I think that's probably a good idea because <laughs> I don't think I'd want to play this again at five. I think it's just too crowded. And in a way, I feel like I missed a lot of the fun of this game um, for what it has to offer because I really wanted to explore the world more and kind of like try more tiles. But I think through the course of the game, I ended up just um, sort of focusing on uh, just tiles, the tiles that gave me the resources first versus what they could do to a, to a larger strategy. And right. um, so anyway, yeah, the dice, what were your impressions of the dice? Like when you got into battle, you mentioned that one thing, uh, experience with Joey where you were able to crush him with one worker. Do you ever any, any experiences where you were rolling dice and it just felt like frustrating or was it just enough balance in the lower player count where it felt like you get some good, you get some bad, but it all kind of evens out? Um, I, I feel like it was uh, some good and some bad and, and evens out. It's uh, you always remember the ones where you, you got hosed. Um, so Joey felt like he was just the entire game was losing every battle. And I sort of felt the same way and I knew we couldn't both be losing every battle. So, right. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it was pretty 50, 50. I mean, it's, it's dice combat. Um, and, and I'd be more upset about the, the random dice nature of battling if, if two things, one, if it were more prominent in the two player game, which it's not. Sure. So I, I think it's fine for it to be what it is in two players. Um, because it's it's almost more of a novelty than it is an every turn thing, um, but additionally, because of the fact that it doesn't set you back, it doesn't really hurt you in the grand scheme. It's not devastating to you. Um, I think that that also it makes it okay. Because when mm-hmm. you lose, you lose. You're just like okay. You kind of shrug and you're like, well, I guess I, I don't get to bring that guy back. Um, Oh, well, it might set you back a turn, but because it's two-player, the turns come so quickly, so you're just, like, right back in it. Uh, I can imagine it being more of a frustration uh, in five-player, where not only is it are you battling much more consistently, uh, but it it sets you back because instead of, oh, I can't do what I need to the next turn, I'll do it in the next turn, now it's... 10 turns from you, 10 other people's turns instead of, you know, two. Yeah. So it's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's, so I, I think that, um, in, in a larger game like that, I, I do feel like there'd probably be a lot more frustration about the randomness of the dice and two player. It, it fits really well with what you're doing, um, for, for the reasons that I said. So, yeah. Uh, well, there we go. Duelings of all the red. Anything else you want to touch on about the game? I uh, did you. So you got you back this. You have the game. Um, mm-hmm. uh, did you? What version did you get? Did you? Do you have the minis? Yes, uh, or, uh, okay. I have the the deluxe version, which uh, is the exact same one that Jeff has. Okay, so um, is that just under the <laughs> the bases that yeah, make noise? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's under the legendary version, which has the noise making bases. Bases and the um, I think it has like um, six extra, um, six or eight extra minis. Uh, oh, okay. One for each, one for each color. So each color would have a an option instead of just being the demon for reds. You'd have the demon and another one uh, oh, that you could choose okay. that you could choose from. Um, so inherent and inherently the monsters didn't feel that different. Some of them did. Like some of them, you're just like man. 
this sucks because, you know, I can't uh, fight this guy with workers or Mm -hmm. this one I can't use, you know, fireball spells against or whatever. Uh, But inherently there wasn't an extraordinary amount of difference, I didn't feel like, between... Yeah, the monsters. And a monster was a monster. They they'd roll either five or six dice, and or no, either four or five dice. Uh, none of them had six, but either four or five dice, and and you know it is what it is. So you yeah, and they they yeah, weren't I'd... ever that tough to beat. You know right. So that was the cool thing about it too. I mean, because with ours, because it was so battle heavy, the monsters would would come out, and then they'd be out maybe a two or three turns, and then someone would have to fight them. <laughs> So they would be out pretty quick. But I think the um, Golem was out the longest, which is the one you mentioned, but you can't fight it. I think that's the one you can't fight with workers. That's the one you can't fight with workers, yeah. And and which is your most your predominant um, meeple that you have out there. The majority of meeples that you have are workers. And uh, But it, I really did like that. I thought that was a, a fun the, – the tweaks that I was read on the monsters that did come out were interesting. I thought it was kind of fun the way they – did change the board state and areas of the board suddenly and the fact that they rush in so their effect isn't just on their tile and you can avoid them it's like no you can't really get close to them because then they'll just be like you're in my territory and then they're they'll run at you and i i thought that was really cool i really liked that idea because yeah. i don't think I've, I've seen anything i'm sure there's something similar in other games but i don't think i can remember anything that has that effect specifically where the monster if you get close to it it'll charge you and then you have to fight it um which uh-huh. makes the monsters much just seems makes them seem so much more alive. Like that little thing makes them just seem so much more alive. Like they really are yeah. roaming the backcountry. And oh crap! I snapped a twig, and I'm too close to their den, and <laughs> now he's charging at me. That was really cool. I like that effect. Yeah, I, I, I did too. I, I, I think that's neat. It, it kind of gives like certain parts of the board like a, an eerie sort of okay. Yeah. If I go over there, it's about to be on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's danger zones around here, there <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah, there, we don't go back in the the foothills anymore. <laughs> There's right. a golem in there. When All of we our played, keep dying. We made sure to play each time with different factions. So we ended up playing oh, between nice. the two of us in six games. We we played with twelve of the sixteen factions. Um, oh, cool. And and I I I like they they all do play different enough that you notice um it's got a slightly different feel to it but not different enough that any of them feel overpowered or like um like you're you're weirdly at an advantage or a disadvantage you just uh it's just small enough tweaks um and i i like games that do that that aren't like so asymmetrical in the beginning where you're just Mm -hmm. like over time, kind of the the meta of the game is well, this this team's always the unstoppable one, um, but I don't think that's ever going to be the case with this one. There's there's just no power that is so overwhelming, um, sure, that you're just like this is a guaranteed winner, you know. That's cool. I, that's the other reason why I really want to try it. Uh, well, yeah, many reasons, but one of those is is that the fact that factions did seem to be so distinct and interesting. Like it wasn't just even the basic ones. Like the orcs were pretty basic as you can get. They they're fighters. That's all they do. They're mindless beasts, <laughs> virtually. Yeah. Right? And so, and they're good at what they do. Aren't they I ogres? Love... Was it ogres? Oh, you're right. Pretty... I, I well, they are ogres. My bad. But still, pretty mindless sure beasts. That's dance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They were. They're like mountain ogres or something like that. Or yeah. No, they're like lava ogres. I can't remember. Fire ogres or something like that. Some, um, something like that. 
but even like the two things I liked are the fact that they each faction you have to make a choice which of your meeples are kind of going to be your skilled ones. So uh, mm-hmm. the worker, a lot of times it's the worker or the warrior or the dragon or the wizard. It, different combinations of those, but any two of them are going to be highlighted on one side of the tile, or you can flip it, and then the other two will be highlighted. So it, it it's cool that even with sort of mindless beasts that the ogres were, um, they are fighters, but the way they fight is going to be different depending on which side of the faction you use, which is really, really cool. Right. And, um, but even that, as a simple character, I thought was pretty, pretty fun and felt f- fresh for just a basic fighting character. So I'm really excited to play a more complex character and see... You know, that, as it, that uses the game structures more in depth, I would assume, and more fully um, to see how that feels. Because I thought uh, the ones that I read sounded really, really interesting. Yeah, I really like the avians, the, okay. the like the bird people. They're I, they were my favorite. Uh, Joey hated the elves. He's just like, <laughs> screw these elves. I hate them. I'm never playing with them again. That's the reason I lost. I'm like, I don't think that's the reason you lost, Joe. He's yeah. like, well, I never used their power. I'm like, well, I'm not sure I ever used my guy's power either. Like, I kept forgetting in some of, right. some yeah, games yeah. because uh, <laughs> some of them. What's funny is you look at at uh, these these uh, faction abilities and you're like, whoa, that's game breaking. And but then when you're actually in the game, you can use them kind of so rarely that it they they really don't impact the game the way you would think that they would until you play with them. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, now I see why that isn't game breaking because this situation might come up three times in a game, and when it does, that's really great, but it's only like three times in a game. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting because I had the similar experience where with the ogres, my warrior. So I had the two, I had the worker and the warrior did stuff, and the my. Um, Initial strategy was based around the warrior because basically what the warrior did is every time the warrior fought, regardless of if the if the warrior won or lost, I got a victory point. And so my whole plan was, especially kind of being unfamiliar with the game, I was like, okay, I'm going to fight a lot. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to fight a lot. So I'll just trickle in victory points and have this guy out as much as possible because I know that I get benefits outside of battling. You know, I get other benefits regardless if I put a worker there and if he's going to battle, then I get an extra benefit. And I didn't bring him out because I got the ball rock so quickly. I don't think he came out until like the last quarter of the game. And I I was just fighting with workers because my workers got two dice, like I mentioned before. And I just didn't need him. And so um, I was using the benefit of of that side with the workers getting two dice. But my VP strategy quickly went to the back burner because I was having more fun and didn't seem to be as a, um, an e- uh, there were other strategies that manifested themselves that seemed easier to go towards. So it was, it was kind of interesting how you kind of, even within that selection of two characters, you sort of prioritize one or the other, um, depending on what you're going to do throughout the game. So yeah, I, I really thought the design of the characters were quite well done and, and interesting. Agreed. They clearly made a lot of effort there. Very balanced. They're all very, very balanced. I don't feel like there's anyone that, that, I could play that would be like I'm at a distinct disadvantage here. Yeah. So overall, I'm gonna give this one two thumbs up because uh, it's I I absolutely love it. Uh, for for two players, this may be I'm trying to think. This may be my favorite two player game that I've cool. played yeah. in a long time. So let's let's talk about that real quick too. So uh, as a two player game. Um, this 
the let's talk about the balance of of getting it to the table and the the solid high rating for a two player game versus the setup time to do that. Like, how often do you think? Uh, well, it sounds like with you know with your with Joey when he when he's visiting and with uh, well Kirsten maybe not, but um, you have the outlet to play with people who like the game enough that you can set it up and it's worth it. But um, how would you encompass that for someone who's thinking of getting this as a two player game? Like, what's the type of person that this would be the two player game for them versus the two player game that's not for them? Um, I'd say you definitely uh, want both players to be. Um fairly experienced board gamers this is not what you're gonna this isn't a gateway game you're not going to introduce somebody to this um it's uh when you get the hang of it it's actually a fairly quick setup um Mm -hmm. and a a very quick tear down uh, when you're when you're really working together um if i were going to introduce like i'm going to introduce it obviously to, to kirsten when i sit down with her i'm going to have it completely set up Right, uh, sure. because watching somebody sit there and set it up just makes you more and more intimidated over what the hell you're watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All but, the um, tiny little tiles. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh my god, what's happening? Keep bringing out more small supplementary boards. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it. I I think it's uh, and it's quick for two players. So um, I think anybody who has the the capacity and the bandwidth to um, sit down and listen to probably 15 to 20 minutes worth of rules explanation and really no way around that because um, that's solidly what it takes. Yeah. Uh, but once once you play it once, uh, it's very easy to get back into uh, and play yeah. again and play again and play again. It's very easy to reset once you've played it once. It's super quick to uh, just reset everything. Uh, to zero and start over again. It just involves some tile shuffling, and that's about it. Um, yeah. So I think uh, I think anybody who is looking for like a couple of steps above, like a Jaipur or something, where you know you sit down, you just pull it out, and you play, and you're done. Uh, this is an after dinner game. You know, you've got an hour, hour and a half, um, and you want to really get some meat in in your two-player game. Usually for this kind of complexity, uh, this kind of feel when you're done, mm-hmm. like you've really sunk your teeth into something, usually takes a three- or four-player game for me. Sure, um, yeah. But this this feels really, really satisfying with, with two players. Like you've just really... Um, it doesn't feel like to me playing a two-player game always kind of feels like you're playing like the simplified version of a game, you know? Yeah, yeah. So many games don't work nearly as well with two players because uh, there aren't mm-hmm. as many choices. Uh, but this one, this one really, really f- fills that. Um, it, it, to me, it never feels like it never felt like we were playing the simplified version of it. It felt like we were playing the game pretty close to what it was meant to be. Uh, okay. With some some room for exploration, um, you can fight if you need to, uh, but the need isn't going to arise right away, and it's not going to arise all the time. Sure, there's enough okay. world for for both of us. So, okay, yeah, that's good to know because I I um I like the setup is the one thing I was curious about if it's 
feels worth it to get it set up for two players. But it's also, like you said, it's a very deep, sort of rich game that you can kind of lose yourself in in the playtime. And an hour is about right for a two-player game uh, in general. Like, at, at the best, like, some of the two-player games I like are around right around an hour. And so... Uh, I could totally see like setting this up after dinner. Kids are asleep and you're just <laughs> hanging out and having some drinks and playing this game. Yeah, one person could set this game up in in under ten minutes, um, maybe under maybe five or six minutes. Um, oh, okay. If well. you're if you're experienced at it, like if you like, I could sure. run upstairs right now and and bust it out in probably five or six minutes uh, and get ready for a two player game. But um, if you're setting it up like with the rule book and trying to from scratch, it's probably a 10-minute setup. Yeah. Nice. All right. All right. What else can we say about Elder Veil? Or should we uh, transition to the next topic here? I feel like we've done its diligence, but it's uh, it's definitely I recommend. We, I mean, I would definitely check it out. Yeah, I think we've definitely done this one to death. So uh, this is kind of – this is sort <laughs> of the, the in-depth look that we gave Arkham Horror. Yeah. The Dwellings of Elder Veil episode, we'll call it. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, for sure. I thought it was a very interesting game. I can see why it got, got a lot of the hype. I'm very excited to play lower player counts where I feel like it was designed around. So, um, yeah, well, that, that's great. I'm looking forward to trying it again. Off the get, Just got to come visit me in Louisville. Yeah, come visit you for sure. And then also I was thinking about this. Like I, I haven't had a time to debrief with Jeff because I feel like he was getting really – frustrated with the way that his game was going. So I'm curious his thoughts on playing five players, because I think he would agree that it's not the ideal player count, but also his thoughts on what kind of happened in the game from his perspective, because he was doing the right strategy that uh, you kind of, the game sort of pushes you towards, or at least one of the strategies of the game pushes you towards, and just couldn't get a foothold to get going um, the way that Jeff usually does. So I'm curious to see his thoughts. So maybe I'll touch. We've done enough with Elder Veil, but maybe in a future episode I'll touch base and we can just talk about that real quick. Yeah, good call. Good call. All right. What else should we talk about? Have you played anything else interesting recently, or has it all been Elder Veil? Um, actually, we have played. Uh, we Joey and I did the second scenario of uh, Lord of the Rings card game. And just got decimated, just <laughs> absolutely ruthlessly destroyed beyond reckoning. Um, so we need to to sort of reevaluate that one. We thought it was so easy after we did the the first scenario, right. and we're like, oh, we rocked that. So yeah. I kind of revised the deck a little more, you know. Got it now that I really kind of seen it in action, and uh, yeah, we just got absolutely obliterated. It was uh, <laughs> just not pretty. We're good at this. No, we are not. Not. And that's we a... are not, in fact, good at this at all. <laughs> that's not even the hard one, right? Isn't the third one supposed to be like the, the third one's the hard one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a good sign. <laughs> it's not a good sign. It's a terrible sign. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, I'm thinking. I, I after we talked about it, I've been really it's on, but on my mind, and so I saw someone selling two core sets and a couple expansions um and it was a good deal but i'm like ah, i think i want to just buy a core set and try it before i jump into it so i'm gonna probably pick one up pretty soon and and uh, mess around with it because i think uh i think shelly be into it so i'm hoping to try it myself very soon yeah and the core set comes with uh with four preset decks one one for each oh, nice. uh, element so so you can go you can play the uh the first scenario with uh you just grab grab a couple decks pick your heroes and uh and go to town on it so 
Nice. That'll give you a really good idea of, of what, you, what you're in for, if you like it or not. If you yeah. don't like it, then obviously you're not going to like any of it ever. But, <laughs> right, right. But I know you like Arkham Horror a lot, and this uh, this to me feels like if Arkham Horror were like almost easier to, not easier, but um, like like if Arkham Horror had more choices, sure. I feel like I feel like there's just a little more freedom in in this, uh, whereas that like bag of desolation or whatever that's in, right. in Arkham. You're just like, okay, every time I reach into this thing, I like one of yeah. my guys dies. It's no, not good news. it's yeah. It's, it's really, really soul sucking at, at some point. So yeah, this one is not quite that. This is a much more slow and painful death, which just always prefer. <laughs> right. <laughs> How do you want to die? <laughs> Brutal nether deep monsters or uh, slow and painful orc attacks. Right, right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I really do want to check it out. I've been watching videos, kind of uh, playthrough videos and and uh, a bunch of uh, – I was watching um, Rodney um, – uh, I forget his last name. But, Rodney uh, Smith. Uh, Smith, there we go. I was uh, Rodney yeah. Carrington? No, that's a comedian. Um, Rodney Smith is how, it would play, how, you, how it's played, and he does a – uh, playthrough of it, which is kind of cool, with some audience interactions where he stops playthrough and then the people can, at the time, write in how yeah, he yeah. should uh, do the next moves. And it was really well done, and so I'm kind of um, halfway through that, uh, just watching it. And it's gotten me really hyped up, so I uh, just have to find time to run over to the game store. Is all that's missing. There you go. There you go. Uh, let's see. What have I played? I played. Uh, so I'm going to touch base on something we talked about a uh, time or two ago. Um, I played my first in the video game board game games. Um, I don't think I've oh. talked about this, have I? Uh, you talked about Portal. Oh, that was it. Then I have. <laughs> Never mind. Well, I played it again, and um, I, uh, I'll just—I guess I'll be very brief then. In that, I, I ended up getting Portal based on that first playthrough because it's—it's um, just such a unique game, and I don't know if I like it <laughs> or not. I think mean, I like it <laughs> enough to play it, and it's so intriguing, but I can't tell if it is good <laughs> it's weird it's weird like it's it's got me enough where I, i'm like yeah i want to play this again so i mean that's got to be a good sign but yeah. i also feel like um i i don't know like we play like okay so last time we played we played with three people and um it ended up being a longer game which is obviously totally fine it's sort of a game of like a balancing act of um, trying to uh, diminish other people's options, like basically get burn their asset, their cake, and then keep yourself in play. So it's a really interesting game of keeping yourself in play, not just necessarily scoring points. There, are, the points are there. The maximum amount of points you can have, I think, are nine or twelve. No, I think it's just. I think it's nine um, slices of cake. So that's all right. the points you could possibly have in the game. And so it's really just a game. It's almost like a balancing beam. It's what it feels like where you're trying to just maintain your presence in the game and inhibit other people's presence. And this is the second game where I lost the game or I, I, I lost the game, but I also initiated end game by not paying enough attention to my meeples and suddenly <laughs> them all dying and when anyone's meeples are all dead from the lab, um, the game immediately ends. And whoever's uh, there with the most cake uh, wins. And so part of the end game is that you're just trying to, like, shove people closer to the edge and make it uh, hard for them 
to get more people out. And once you kind of have one meeple, it's really hard to uh, protect your cake and um, flip a tile to get more guys out so you can get a better presence. So I did like it, but it, I will say it went on a little longer than I expected to. Uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to the to Aaron played it, and then uh, Riyadh. I don't know if you mentioned, remember Riyadh from the game group before quarantine. Um, yeah. He showed up, which yeah. is great to see him again. So we played, and uh, we talked a little bit about it, but I want to talk to them more about their thoughts on it. So I'm the verdict's still out. It's weird. This game's got me enough where I keep wanting to play it, <laughs> but I just hmm. can't tell if it's just the fascination with all these unique mechanisms or if as a whole it goes together so i'm gonna play it one more time and we'll i'll probably have a final word on it but uh anyway yeah that's that's uh that was one of my follow-up on portal my second playthrough on portal nice well i played um we played i tried a new one uh introduced to joey and kirsten last night okay um called master suites Hmm. and it's uh it's kind of a filler game uh, you have all these little square cards that uh, have like nine different ingredients. I think there's uh, ten of each. And you put it in a grid um, that's uh, for for two players, it's a five by five grid. And for three players, it's uh, it adds like um, three on each side of the square. And then uh, it adds three more for four players. And um, so that is the cookbook. And hmm, so what you're okay. trying to do is with your, you're trying to build a hand of, of cards and match, uh, basically do recipes uh, that follow any row or column. So like if, uh, if it's a row of three and you have all three of those ingredients, you turn in your cards and you take from the cookbook, you actually remove those three cards and put it in your scoring pile. And then when all the cards in the center are gone, you count up your scoring pile and uh, and the one with the most points wins. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's fairly simple. Uh, but you, there's also like, um, there's character cards that uh, give you a special power. And then there's uh, action cards in there that you can draw. And there's a market and stuff like that. So um, it's not super duper unique but it was uh it's fairly quick to set up it was uh it was a lot of fun uh we played it like three times in a row um so it's only like maybe a 15 minute the shot game um and everybody everybody seemed to like it it was uh after dinner and kirsten was like i can't learn a new game (laughs) and i'm like oh wait hold on i think you can learn this one yeah so uh it was Simple enough that uh, it could be taught after a long day at work and your brain is fried and you can still learn it. So, and that's Master Suites. It's a game I kickstarted it. Uh, I actually kickstarted the reprint. Uh, the original is from 2018, I think, and this one was from 2020. Um, and it's from Bulgaria. Uh, oh, which, interesting. And the. the Rulebook's not fantastic, but uh, but it it gets the job done. Uh, but it's also it has twelve different versions, like twelve different game modes. It calls so there's a co-op mode, and there's other co- like player elimination competitive modes, and there's like solo mode, and there's like a whole bunch. There's twelve different ways you can play it. Uh, we just played the the base like like the the normal way. I think the other ways were just kind of to get more people to oh look how replayable it is on my kickstarter (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> we're yeah. gonna, we're gonna make new game modes. Um, so I don't know if I'm ever gonna play any of those. But um, what do you think oh, about cool. games that do that? That that because uh, I'm noticing that a lot with uh, especially with with card games, um, and, and and even board games. Uh, but things and especially in Kickstarter where they there are alternate modes where there's like hey there's a co-op version of this game there's a competitive version there's a team version there's a solo version there's so i i think it's kind of a neat concept but i mm-hmm. also feel like there is a a true representation of your game and then there's kind of like fluff like afterthought stuff that you're like oh this we could do this too but it's not like a pure yeah. vision of the game so I almost kind of feel like it's a marketing ploy to some extent I, I think it's it's interesting in concept yeah um, I'd prefer to just have if it's a co-op game just have a co-op mode if it's a competitive game have competitive mode and I'm always down for a solo mode so if you want to put solo in regardless of whether it's it's you know what what it is um, sure. solo i don't consider to be a marketing gimmick i think that's like a good solid if you can make your game if you can make your game even remotely uh work with a solo mode i'm i'm always down to try that but uh but yeah these yeah. games that are like that are like oh i we're competitive or or cooperative well what are you what game are you like be yeah. true to yourself how is this game meant to be played yeah, that's for sure. what I want to know. I I kind of agree with you for sure. I I definitely um, I, like when a lot of those games they have those different options to play. I'll like there's usually a reason I got it, so I'll probably only play that way. <laughs> so I rarely, if ever, play all their modes or try them all. Anyway, I will say I do appreciate that the designers th- thought them out when they do think them out, and they're actually viable modes. I think that is cool that you have that considered and. Some are hit and miss better than others. I uh, for Tim Fowers games come to mind. There's always like he always has additional ways to play his games, but I think it avoids the idea of like a marketing grab because there's definitely the way that he suggests you play it. And then there's like and here's some cool things I also thought of. <laughs> and that I think that I appreciate, I will say. Like for uh, Burgle Bros comes to mind or um uh, paperback they all have like additional modes paperback specifically has like these additional player modes that you can throw in or do that do change the game in some hefty ways but are also by no means like why you got the game it's just kind of like oh that's a cool little extra so i guess if it's not marketed as to being like this game can do all things for all people th- that's always suspect and i always feel like no it can't right <laughs> and right. Uh, that's just a lie and you know it <laughs> Then uh, um, I will. I, I do. I do appreciate the effort. I guess is what I'll say. But I. I think I rarely play it to the extent that they have um, options for. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate it, but it. It's not going to sell me on a game. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm not going to back a game all of a sudden because you've gave given me six new game modes. Um, to me, if you have to give me six new game modes, then your one, like your original game mode, probably sucks, and right. you're looking for something different. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point too. I think that's definitely a, <laughs> a truism for some some games specifically. We're like, we don't know what this is, so maybe you can tell us. 
Yeah, my game's a four, but there's eight different ways to play it, so that makes it, what, uh, like a 32? Yeah, I believe that math. <laughs> on a scale out. of one to ten? Sure, now it's great. <laughs> no, it's still a four. It's still a four. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I broke the mold here. And that's why it's $50. Yeah, I, I definitely can see that both sides of it, but uh, the it is nice when there's a couple of things thrown in that there are some extras, but... I'm trying to think of a game where I've had that experience where it's just been like, yeah, you guys clearly didn't. I know I've had this experience, but I can't remember any specific examples of where it feels I like. I can yeah, think you guys of one. Didn't know I can what this think was. Of one that uh, it's not not. Uh, it's actually the opposite of when it actually worked, and that's uh, Nemesis, where hmm. when we played the full co-op version, and there's also like a co-op hidden trader, like a semi-co-op version. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, and I think and and I my understanding is like the the true game is the semi co op. It's it's designed to have that trader mechanism in it. But when we played full co op, like to me, it just felt like the experience I was looking for in that game. So I don't I didn't feel like that mode was like uh, oh we're just trying to throw stuff at it and see what sticks. You know, sure, I, yeah. I I genuinely feel like that was a. A, a true part of the original intent. So I think that worked out really well. And I'm glad they put that in there because I, uh, so sometimes those hidden trader games are fun, but mm-hmm. like sometimes they're just not. Sometimes I'd like to be in a co-op and just be in a full co-op. I like to just have yeah, that experience of, of the camaraderie, yeah. the camaraderie where everyone's pooling together and really working at it instead of, you know, sitting there side eyeing each other the whole game. Yeah, where you're absolutely. you're kind of working deal. I'd rather be like, "Fuck all you guys," or you're all my friends, like one right, or the exactly. other. Exactly. Let's do <laughs> like, this. I don't want to be like. I don't want to be like. You're cool. You're cool. Fuck you. You're cool. Like that's not what I'm looking for. Well, there was that phase where so many games were just throwing in the hidden trader to be. You know, it was just kind of like the thing to do. Like, uh, yeah. you know, it's like we have a cove game, but also we can play it as Trader. And there's so many games that were just like, why would I ever play this with Trader? That just seems like game ruining. But I, yeah, I it works I, with I it works with some things depending. Like, I really think it works well with Dead of Winter. Yeah, um, for sure. The the is there a Trader? Is there not one? And everyone's working towards like a hidden goal of their own. I, I think that works really well. Um, because it's not always just a, I'm a traitor because I'm just want to be a bad guy. Sometimes it's like with that, it's, I'm, I guess I'm a traitor because I win when I do this thing. That's a little counter. It's more selfish. It's counter to what would help everybody else. Um, but there's like a reasoning behind it. You could actually, you can feasibly see that, you know, this, this, there's, there's reasoning behind why, uh, this person is actively kind of working behind the scenes against everybody instead of just, oh, there's a traitor. Well, why? You know, because right. he's, just, he's just a fucking he's bad just dude. A dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just, just a bad guy, you yeah. know? Right. <laughs> You're like, well, wait, why? Why? But that doesn't even make any sense. Like, why would, why would this one guy all of a sudden want to just, like, kill yeah. everybody on this ship? <laughs> <laughs> right, Why? exactly, yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So- sociopath, <laughs> this guy, like, yeah. Jesus. Like, the odds well, of why? sociopaths being in a five groups of, a people of five, group of five is very low, so it's a little <laughs> alarming that we yeah. keep running into them. <laughs> How yeah, did he get well, on this ship in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. 
<laughs> speaking of, I thought he was with you. And I thought he was with you. Yeah, I. Uh, speaking of Death, uh, Dead of Winter, um, have you heard of Forgotten Waters? It's a new mm. Crossroads game, and uh, oh, I, I think I, I know, have heard. I know about very little it. about it. Yeah, me too. That's kind of my as I just I've heard about it, but I've heard that um, it does it kind of carries the Crossroads torch forward in a really great way, in a very satisfying way. So it's like a pirate. Oh piratey themed game um i don't really know much more about that except that it's kind of like on a high seas adventure but it has the crossroads system and people are saying that really really implements it well and it's kind of been the crossroads sequel that everyone's been waiting for or the continuation of the crossroads series that everyone's been waiting for so i um i'm really interested in that see how that because i think plaid hat did a second one that had that used the crossroads but it did not get very good reviews yeah kind of tanked um Try to remember the name of it, but yeah, I don't remember what the name of it was either. But uh, I was ever since Dead of Winter, I've been really hoping that there would just be another really great game that had that crossroad system because I, I think it's really neat. Because you draw it's a card and, and maybe maybe nothing happens, but then maybe something does. Yes, and yeah. and it's always it it there's a big story involved, and it's uh it really if you're looking for theme heavy and story driven, I mean there's not many better mechanisms for that than Crossroads. Yeah, and it's it's such a lot of design work to like write those and integrate those in the game, but it is it oh, yeah. works out so well, and so I'm glad that they're still trying to uh, work it through uh, their game systems. Uh, Gen Seven was the game, I'm pretty sure. I just looked. Oh up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, I think you're right. Yep. It was also one where it just seemed like an interesting, interesting structure. I'd, I'd like to try it, but, um, but anyway, yeah. So forgotten. I wasn't. What did I say? Forgotten waters. Um, yeah. I'm gonna see if I can uh, find this. I believe it. Yeah, it's out for sale now, so you can definitely pick it up. Um, I have to, like I said, I've got to make my trip to the game store, so maybe I'll keep my eyes open for this. Because uh, I, uh, I, like I said, Dead of Winter. I can. I was watching some. Um, video discussion about kind of crossroads system and yeah, they were kind of like nitpicking dead of winter and that's fair. There are, you know, it's an older game at this point, but it still stands up. I think for sure. Yeah, it's, it's not, for, it's not for everybody, but, but it, yeah, exactly. It's definitely not for everybody. And it's very like one of those, you know, the right group uh, specific uh, is going to really love this game or it's going to kind of fall flat. Uh, but their point was kind of like with the, it's confusing to determine the, who won uh, in a way because it's like, all right, if you didn't get your goal, but you are still on a human and the humans win, how do you not also win? <laughs> it's kind of like, well, yeah, I don't know. That's it's kind of right. lost in the experience of the game. In a way, like you do get the satisfying win of the humans winning, but you didn't quote unquote win. I think the humans winning is primary. Your quote unquote individual win is obviously how you declare your own winning but i think it's sort of um i don't know i, I feel like you get to two me dead of, of the win to me dead of winter was always about completing the experience uh, absolutely it, absolutely yeah i i think it was much it's much more of, of an experience than it is you know a, hey did i win or lose technically uh you just you're done with it and you had a fun time and you you got a, a lot of story and you were really you know you you felt like you were you know in the cold running from zombies and it was just like this this fun thing you guys all did together and but yeah if you won or lost i don't i don't care yeah <laughs> like exactly that's not yeah. why i play dead of winter to win or lose i play dead of winter for the experience 
Absolutely. And even so, I feel like your characters, it does such a great job of kind of like making you create your own narrative of what your character goals like your initiative the reasons why your character is doing the things they're doing outside of obviously you have your individual goal but your character kind of comes to life and so i feel the same way where even when i haven't reached my goal if the humans win i still feel like we did it guys (laughs) you know and i'll get my (laughs) medicine that i need later (laughs) right (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe yeah yeah who knows but that's for a future tale so yeah, I, I I love that game. Speaking of, that's been on my mind. I've been I've been side eyeing it in my game shelf lately, and I'm like, God, I really could go for a Dead of Winter game. So maybe I should bring that to game night and see if I can rope some people in. Um, you should, you should. But uh, all right, man. Well, I feel like we did it. Did it diligence here. We should probably call it before we go on too long. Yeah, but, we um, did. Oh, by the way, I was going to tell uh, you, I have um, the by the our next podcast, I will have. Uh, it should be here in two days. I have Cthulhu Death May Die on the way. Oh, nice. Exciting. That's really exciting. Yeah. Big Eric Lang game. With yeah. minis. And Cthulhu. I love Cthulhu <laughs> so much. Just Cthulhu Eric and zombies. Lang. Like the most done <laughs> board game themes of all time are like two of my favorites. I know, right? But if anyone can bring it back to life, basic it's Eric gamer. <laughs> yeah. Set in your ways. But by God, they're good ways. Yeah. Uh, that's exciting. I can't wait to hear about it because I, uh, I did a little reading about that too and that looks really interesting. So. Cool. We got some exciting stuff coming up then. Hell yeah, we do. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening and hanging out. And uh, for the last hour, we had a lot of fun talking games. And I hope you had a lot of fun listening to us talk about games. You can reach out to us in a couple different ways at Twitter and Instagram at, uh, let's see if I can get it this time, Roasted Games (laughs) 1. Is Mm -hmm. that right? All right. I got it right. That's good news. And uh, you can also go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com, and scroll down to the Roasted Games page and fill out our comment form. You can reach out to us there. Or you can get us hold of us on email at roastedgamesco at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys, your thoughts on what you're playing, um, tips and uh, things that we could talk about, or um, you know, tell us how warm we are about our opinions about things we have talked about. That's always a valid option, too. We but, do uh, love to hear that. <laughs> we, we actually do. It's kind of nice to be like, oh, that's an interesting opinion. I don't agree with you, but that's an interesting opinion. <laughs> but uh yes please feel free to reach out to us uh we really appreciate the interaction and uh we will catch you guys on the next episode bye